Arcane Gearsmith and Dragon Scribe Entertainment present Amazing Microfiction Season 1 Episode 1 Greetings! I'm your host, Michael C. Miller, author and gearsmith. Fantasy, science fiction, mysteries, horror, adventure. These are just some of the terms that come to mind when we talk about genre fiction. These often seem relegated to the backside of the bookstore, and for some of us, like myself, these wonder-filled, awe-inspired tales allow us to take a pilgrimage through the store, past the dregs of self-help and media starlets, to the exciting worlds of aliens, pirates, magic, and murder. We are often told by naysayers that these genres have nothing to do with the real world, and that they don't have anything to teach us, and are therefore not worthy of their time or ours. Instead, in their ignorance, they tell us to go read the classics. I just smile and think, okay, let's take a look at some of these classics, and I'll show you that even these books contain genre-based stories. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes novels and short stories are mysteries mixed with adventure and are touted as being the basis of all modern forensic science. From the Earth to the Moon by Jules Verne is science fiction. It helped us to begin thinking about rocketry and how man could travel in space. Dracula by Bram Stoker and Frankenstein by Mary Shelley are both horror stories and are highly acclaimed books in literature. The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien and The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis are widely regarded as some of the greatest works of fiction ever written and are the basis of modern fantasy. These are just a handful of examples, but there are many, many more. Despite these literary works, genre fiction is still treated like a red-headed stepchild. Many of these same prejudices are also levied against another form of storytelling called microfiction, also called flash fiction. They feel that due to the constraints of the story type that these stories do not matter. I beg to differ. But what is microfiction anyway? Well, Microfiction generally refers to short stories between 50 and approximately 300 words in length. There is some debate over this, but for our purposes here, we will keep our selections to under 300 words. Each episode, I will pick selections from my own genre-based microfiction and read those stories to you like it would be an audiobook. Sometimes these stories may be incomplete, but in general, they are meant to convey ideas to you, the listener. This week, I have selected three stories for me to read to you, but first I have to print them out. Alright, sorry about that. Selection 1. Vigilant. Length, 299 words. Janus braced for impact as the landing craft veered starboard. The ship's wood hull bounced off the sheer cliff face. The tiny ship lurched as the port steering pod ground against the jagged rocks. Behind her, the splendor that was the HMS Vigilant fell from the sky, 
her awe-inspiring presence reduced to a burning wooden shell. Horrified, Janice watched as her fellow shipmates fell from the ship like meteors. Her heart mourned as she focused on pulling herself along the hull and getting into the pilot's seat. Janice strapped herself in and prayed to the creator that the engines had held together. She grabbed the controls, relieved as the craft responded to her. Quickly, Janice scanned the skies ahead and brought the ship to a level flight. She looked around for that bastard, the one who had ignited the store of gunpowder. She saw him, his craft, skirting the edge of the forest just below, a dark stream of smoke billowing from his port steering pod. Janice smiled. So, he hadn't gotten away after all. Curse him. May the creator cast him out. She watched as both of the saboteur's engines began to fail, green flames trailing the burning craft. Time slowed as the ship crashed into the hillside and slid down the cliff face and into the jungle. It came to a stop at the base of an enormous pine tree, the steering pods coming to rest on either side of the tree like a child's broken toy. Janice slowly circled the wreckage and landed her craft. There was no sign of the saboteur. Where had he gone? Stay where you are, called a familiar voice. Flaming moron, she thought. You let your guard down. Get out before I shoot you. Janice knew that voice. She wept as her captain fired. Selection 2 Two Fates Length, 210 words Caleth smiled. It had been perfect, the plan, the people, the heist, if you could call it that. Yes, it had been born a genius. Caleth could admit the truth. His plan had been genius. His smile widened, knowing he had done it, and none of these miserable, sodden idiots would ever be the wiser. Caleth sighed, leaning forward against the dusty, rust-covered iron bars of his prison cell. Perfect! He laughed riotously. Swines! Those swill-slopping swines! Another burst of laughter exploded from his lips, longer this time. It had been so brazen, so bold. Caleth had done it. He had done the impossible. Now he was only moments away from the gallows. No one would know what he had done. No one except his accomplice, the queen. He would die a very rich and fortunate man if the final phase of his plan came to fruition. Life or death, which would fate choose? The floor beneath Caleth's feet rumbled. He moved quickly, brushing away the straw from the center of the cell. With the scraping of stone against stone, he watched as the center square in the floor moved. There, in the dim morning light, was the queen. Fate had chosen life. Caleth could live with that. Selection 3. Sunken. Length. 293 words. Ethan's thickly gloved hands felt clumsy as he undid the kink in his airline. He stood on the edge of an underwater trench that divided the ocean floor for as far as he could see. He could only see a few dozen feet in any direction. 
his antique diving helmet obstructing more than his peripheral vision. The team topside believed they had found the wreckage of the HMS Dauntless, an ancient treasure galleon. It was Ethan's job to find it. He knew that he was close. He began to walk along the edge of the trench, searching for his target. After nearly twenty minutes, the skeletal remains of the galleon came into view. The ribs of the ship rising from the debris of the ocean floor like a decaying underwater beast. He tugged three times on his safety line to let those topside know he had found the wreckage. He passed through the ribs and into the interior of the ship. There, half buried in the muck, were the sparkling power crystals. As Ethan drew closer, the crystals began to glow from within, casting the wreck in an eerie green light. He smiled. They were rich. A cloud of debris had risen on the other side of the ship. Ethan watched, concerned, as another diver slowly strode from the gloom towards him. Had the others sent someone down to help with the salvage? Or was this just another crew muscling in on their discovery? Unsure, Ethan unstrapped the diving knife from his belt and held it forward. The newcomer continued to advance on him, waving his hands in a dismissive gesture. Ethan began to panic, stumbling backwards. The stranger grabbed his arm and then pulled him close. Confused, Ethan stared back into his own eyes. All right, I hope you enjoyed the selections this week. Thank you for tuning in to Amazing Microfiction. This is going to be a bi-weekly podcast, but we'll be adding extra episodes as we move forward. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let me know. You can visit our website at amazingmicrofiction.wordpress.com and you can leave me a note there. This podcast is copyright 2018 by Michael C. Miller and Dragonscribe Entertainment. The selected readings were works of fiction. Any resemblance to names, events, ideas, locations, characters, or persons, living, dead, or fictional, is entirely coincidental.